Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Hello, and welcome to Authentic Living, sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. I'm your host, Andrea Matthews. About three weeks ago on the show, we talked about the psychological aspects of the roles, the masks and costumes uh, with regard to covering up the authentic self. And today we're going to be talking about the more spiritual components of that issue. And the title of the show today is I Am That I Am. You know, that that name was given to God once upon a time in uh, the book of Genesis when when Moses encountered God and asked, Who shall I say that sent me? God answered, I am that I am. The the statement has a meaning that basically says, I am beingness itself. There is no other way to define me except that I am beingness itself. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, that beingness that is at the center core of our essential self. The authentic self as the I am is that essential self. It um, It is the beingness that says, I'm here and I'm alive. You know, if you think about an oak tree, you think about an acorn that began the oak tree, that acorn is going to grow up to be an oak tree. It's not going to grow up to be a pine tree or a a cypress tree or any other kind of tree. It's going to be an oak tree. Why? Because its essential essence grows it into an oak tree. Human beings have a capacity, on the other hand, to grow a face that is different from who they are at, at the essential core self. And that ability is what allows us to put on a mask and costume, which we did talk about in depth uh, three weeks ago on our show. But today, what we're talking about is, what is that as a spiritual entity? You know, I don't have the answer for everyone. Everyone has to be able to find their own answer. Some of us look for it, some of us don't. Some of us care deeply about finding it. Some of us are not interested in finding it. Whatever that is for you in this life, that's all okay. And I want to be sure to clarify that because I don't want to stand here and say that I have the answer for everyone. I certainly don't. But what I have discovered in my own journey and in in working with people over the past 25, almost 30 years now, is that when we find the authentic self, there is always a need to also go into a spiritual component of that authenticity. And I find people, once they have really begun to live out of their authenticity, begin to search for and find something that is truer for them than their previous either religious or spiritual um, attachments. So uh, this journey that we're talking about today is going to be very individual and it has to be yours, because I believe that we can't have a real connection with a real divine until we become real. We've all been taught in various persuasions, various traditions, 
And the truth is, if I grow up in certain areas of the world, I'm going to be taught a certain kind of religion. If I grow up in other areas of the world, I'm probably going to be taught another kind of religion. And these religions are culturally based, and, the, and our cultures are very often religiously based, so that there's a, a um, linkage there that is really hard to de- uh, define, hard to put into words, yet we all seem to live out of it. And even those of us who are uh, agnostic or atheist seem to want to live out of a moral code that, that is believed to come from something that is at our core called conscience. We're going to talk a little bit more about that conscience because I'm not sure it has so much to do with spirituality as we think it does, but we'll talk some more about that later. Right now what I want to talk about is duality, which is where we came by our concept of good and evil. Once upon a time, there was a metaphor written about in the book of Genesis in the Christian Bible um, that talks about man at his first, his or her first uh, activity, first thought, was to, uh, to be planted in this Garden of Eden which, in which everything was provided for uh, all of humankind at that point. Then there was also the possibility there in that same Garden of Eden of separating or splitting off from that provision, that beingness that is the I am that I am. And that, I think, is the point of origination at which humans began to be able to say, I am different from God. I am not only different from God, but I am separate from God. And God, as I'm using it here, can be defined as Allah, Brahman, um, you know, anything that you want to call God. It doesn't matter. But in, in this metaphor that we're using, God is, uh, was, was defined differently and separately from humanity based upon the thought which is metaphorized in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The thought was, perhaps I can be separate from God. And that thought, in my view, that thought had to be explored to its fullest potential in order to be put to rest so that it did not uh, finally become a part of the ultimate creation that we are all co-creating with the divine, which is, is the universal source. So... This thing that we're doing here on Earth, in my view, is, is an experience. We're having an experience with duality. The duality frame of work says that there is good and there's evil, and there's God and there's man, and God is good and man is evil, and therefore man and God are separate. When religions were formed, out of, uh, uh, they were based upon some of that concept of what we call today morality, uh, but which really is an archetype of good and evil. The archetype says good can be defined and bad can be defined. And uh, so we can define ourselves by, based upon whether or not we are acting in good ways or acting in bad ways. And so that is the duality mindset. And once upon a time, we hypnotized ourselves into the belief that the duality mindset was true and the mindset of oneness was false. The mindset of oneness is, I am one with God. I am one with the beingness that is beingness. And we decided at one point in our, in our journey to forego that understanding of life and put on another understanding of life. And as we said three weeks ago, that's when clothes were made for man, clothes being the mask and costume. 
that we put on that said, okay, I'm now something other than what I was created to be. I am now my own definition, which is I'm not God. So that is, that's duality, and we'll, we'll use that word off and on as we go. Ego is one of those terms that gets thrown around a lot uh, of late, particularly in the metaphysical um, genre, and I'm going to define it here again today, as I did three weeks ago, as the liaison between the internal and the external worlds. It is an essential component of our ability to say, okay, that's happening outside of me, and this is happening inside of me, and I got to decide how I'm going to fit what's inside of me into what's outside of me or forego what's outside of me and find myself fitting in somewhere else. That's what the ego is for, and a strong ego has the ability to do that without uh, a lot of anxiety. Uh, a weaker ego has a lot of trouble defining self and deci- de- deciding what is internal and what is external. There seems to be a flooding of the external into the internal and an identification of the internal with the external. So it's hard for us to define what's outside of me and what's inside of me, what's mine and what's yours, and uh, that's where we get into trouble because we identify that is the issue. The ego in and of itself, nothing wrong with it, but if you say the ego has the capacity to identify with something other than the authentic self, now we're talking about the primary issue with ego. It identifies with this archetype of good and evil. It identifies with this archetype that it can live separate from God, from beingness. Now to the body. You know, the body has taken on a lot of um, really bad ideas about itself for, for centuries. If, if I have a body, my body is what makes me sin. That's what the Christian uh, church teaches. It, and, and in many religions around the world, that, that idea of the body being the place where we find evil is, uh, is also apparent. So we have cast aspersions on the body for centuries, and the body has not been able, therefore, to do, uh, to act, to be in its full capacity because we've been pushing it away, telling it that it's bad. We've repressed its power. We've not listened to it. We have, um, as a matter of fact, in some religions, self-abuse is a part of trying to train the body and the mind to be more like Christ or God. So uh, this, our archetype of the body is not a good archetype. But if we look a little bit deeper, if we listen a little bit harder, what we find is that the body has a voice as well. It is the part of us that cannot lie. It cannot lie just like a dog cannot lie or a cat cannot lie. I've never met a cat or a dog yet that has lied to me. But uh, because it's animal, it is what it is, it's natural. And so it speaks to us. Now, if I have distorted my authenticity away, put it away, repressed it, and the only channel left to me is the body, then my body might get sick to give me a message to tell me to pay more attention to my authenticity. Very often I don't even hear that message, so I just treat it with, with medicines or whatever treatment is offered to me, and I say my body is sick. I don't say that there's a union between my body and my mind and that, that somehow my, body, my mind is trying to communicate with my body trying to communicate with my ego through my body so that I can get a message of wholeness. Uh, we don't very often do that, and we're still a little bit confused about that. And our, our, our government, the FDA, has said we can't use herbal medication, or if we do, we do it at our own risk. 
um, and our politics uh, sort of laugh at that kind of thing. But the real deal is that if we're listening to the body, the body will tell us what is going on. It will give us messages, sometimes through dreams, sometimes through just body awareness, sometimes through body sensation. The body has, has, is united with the mind, even though we in our lives, in our archetypal memories, have split off from the body. So it's important for us to recognize what is the authentic self. It is the I am nature. It is the essential core beingness. What is duality? It is that state in which we have hypnotized ourselves, believing that we are not one. We do not have an essential core beingness that's connected to every other part of ourselves. What is the ego? It is the liaison between internally and external, but it becomes distorted because it is... um, it is taught to believe that it is separate from God, it is separate from the body, it is separate from the mind, it, and it's, it, it can live a life distinct and separate even from other people. What is the body? The body is our communicator. It is the life within us that says, listen, I've got a message for you. It is a part of the beingness. So we've defined these four incremental ex, uh, parts of authenticity, and we're going to talk about some more of that in the next segment. This is Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We'll be back. for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. Are you ready to crash through illusion, break through your personal barriers, and slay the internal nemesis of your dark side? TNT is here to awaken your soul and unravel the hidden messages of your unconscious mind. Discover your hidden treasure map and use TNT to find the tools you need to become your own demolition tech. Collapse the old and choose the new. It's Dynamite Awareness with TNT. Tracy Irons and Tracy McMahon every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network and visit us at www.dynamiteawareness.com. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. 
Are you in need of a cosmic kick? Are you frustrated with your ability to move forward in all areas of your life and spiritual growth? Adrian Wentworth is a master at getting you unstuck. A fearless and grounded healer and teacher, Adrian covers subjects that few will touch and reveals the missing keys to your success. Be uplifted by the healing energies that flow through her as she shares her profound wisdom and helps you shift past your obstacles to create the life you long for. Listen to Cosmic Kick with Adrian Wentworth every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the 7th Wave Network. Listening on a higher dimension. 7th Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Hi, and welcome back. We're talking today about I am that I am, the essential core essence of who we are. And we're going to move on. We've defined um, authenticity as, it, uh, as the I am nature. We've defined duality. We've defined ego. And we've defined the body. We're going to move on a little bit more now into some more ideas about who we are and how we work on this earth. The notion of reincarnation has sort of reincarnated in America over the past 10, 20 years. And it's taken on all kinds of meanings. Um, from ghostly presences to uh, karma, uh, negative karma. And um, what I believe that reincarnation is and the definition that works best for me, and I, again, each one of us has to find our own definition, what I believe it means is that it is the intent of a particular lifetime. In other words, there is one soul. There are many, many lives. That soul has, wants to experience the plane of duality wants to experience it in full so that it can put to rest this whole notion that man can be separated from God. So we're having this grand experience, and so this one soul may come into different lives with different intents. Each time it comes into a life with an intent, it means to uh, accomplish a given goal. That goal might be to understand one particular aspect of duality, to experience one particular aspect of compassion or a particular uh, launching into a new spiritual growth or a particular form of, of uh, nastiness uh, that, w- that we might have to live out so we can experience that. And we, we are very often very critical of the bad people on our planet and, and certainly we look at all the harm that they seem to do and we say that they're, they're doing great harm and we must stop them. But I wonder if we could rethink that. Maybe they've just identified with that in order to, to experience that on a soul level. Now, we talked about on a psychological level like what that was three weeks ago, that if I've identified myself as the black sheep, then perhaps I'm acting out some really negative behaviors, and maybe I'm harming other people, and those people need to find a way to get away from me, and maybe I need to be put in jail so I can be kept away from society. That's on the psychological plane. On the spiritual plane, perhaps something else entirely is going on. Perhaps what's going on on the spiritual plane is that we are experiencing that form of living out the duality trance state so that we can 
offer that to the soul nature that says, okay, I see now what it's like to live so far away from an identification with beingness that I can go all the way to the other side of the polarity and be what we call evil. And so maybe that's something it offers to us all on the soul level so that they get to experience, those bad people get to experience something that us good people are not experiencing so that they can do that for us. Maybe that's a gift they're giving all of us. I don't know. But it is something to think about. And this whole thing about identity is the big deal. Reincarnation is an incarnation to, into a specific family on a specific part of the earth. And, and that, that incarnate person picks up a specific identity, mask and costume that, that they wear so that they can offer whatever they offer to the whole soul, uh, the soul awareness of all of us. In secular circles, we think of ego as pride. In spiritual circles, we think of ego as, and especially in the metaphysical circles right now, we think of ego as, as almost like a devil. It's something we must make go away. But if we look at this from the perspective of the reincarnation as an intent of a lifetime, perhaps what's really going on is that the intent of a lifetime is to bring in awareness of, of that ego. What is it like to be so identified with ego that you can understand how it feels to be separate from God? So that, that experience is complete and finished and done. We all know what it's like to have an experience of, of perhaps being involved with a bad lover, a bad, uh, a, a bad boyfriend, bad wife, bad husband, bad whatever. Uh, they mistreat us, they abuse us, they don't treat us well, and eventually we get done with that. Eventually, sometimes we stick with it a while, but we get done with it on a real deep level and we say, okay, I've done that, I've experienced that, I'm really done, and we move on to a healthier relationship. That might be what it's like to experience a particular identity in a particular lifetime. So we say, okay, I'm done with that. I've, I've done that, we're done with that. And when I experience it, the whole world experiences it. Why? Because we're all one. So I'm offering something to the whole world, every experience I have, offers something to the whole world. And that's why we can't belittle any We can't say, well, because I'm sick, I don't have much to offer to the world. No, I don't believe that. Perhaps there's a whole other thing going on on a spiritual level that we don't know about, we don't understand. We only look at the physical. We feel that we're cut off from God because we're living in that duality trance state. So we build our world, our relationships, and our careers out of our identity. And we talked about that on the psychological level last, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And on the spiritual level, that means that I'm involved, I'm invested, my identity is all involved in this world that I've created, and I'm living that out as if I'm on a stage. I'm acting out this play, and we all know what it's like to watch a, a play or a movie and have a cathartic experience. We cry, we laugh, we, we are involved. We're, we're in there with the movie or the actors or the characters as if it's our own life. And, and that's kind of like what it's like on the soul level to experience life. There's a witnesser, a soul witness that kind of watches us and tells us and, and experiences that as from, from the perspective of that identity in that particular incarnate, li- incarnate life. So the, those are important distinctions to make as we go further into what we're talking about today in terms of the authentic self. What is the truth? How do we know what is and what is not truth? Well, it comes down to the difference between believing in something being something. I'm going to talk some more about that, and I'm going to use some biblical passages to clarify what I mean here with that. Um, and I'm using biblical passages because these are biblical passages that are very often cited by uh, 
well-meaning uh, Christians and maybe fundamentalists who say that um, these verses tell us that we are indeed separate from God and that we, we need to find a way to get back to God. Um, and so I'm using those for the reverse meaning. One of those is in the Beatitudes, Matthew's, Matthew 5, verse 6. It says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. That seems to indicate that we're not righteous, that we, <clears throat> we don't understand righteousness, and that we must hunger and thirst and strive after it. And so, f- taken from a literal perspective, that's what it means. But taken a little bit deeper, if you look at the re- root word of the Greek language, the word used is autos. The word used for righteousness is autos. Autos means uh, uh, the self. So really what it might be saying is, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for the self, for they shall be satisfied. If the self is the I am that I am, that God said he was, she was, that beingness, that essential beingness that we are, then hungering and thirsting for that means I need to put aside the mask and costume and become who I truly am. Um, that word is also used, that same word is also used very often in uh, the revelation to John in the Bible for, the, for temple. And so that whole book takes on a new paradigm when we begin to look at the root words, look at the root language that's used in that book to uh, clarify the metaphors so that when it's talking about the temple, it's really talking about the self. So when we're measuring the outer court of the temple, one of the things that happens in... Uh, Revelation to John, what we're really doing is measuring the external life of the self. That's where we begin to see metaphor instead of taking it literally. There's another verse in John 10, 34, where uh, Jesus is in, uh, talking to a crowd of people, and the Jews come up to him, and they accuse him of blasphemy, and they say that because you're, you are just a man, but you're claiming that you're God, you're blaspheming. Jesus answered, Is it not written in your law, I said, you are God's? Yes, indeed, it is written also in Psalms that uh, the phrase, you are God's. Uh, That's not a verse we often talk about in our churches. It's a little bit scary for a lot of us, and we we tend to say, what in the world does that mean? It can't can't possibly mean that we are God. It can't possibly mean that. But, in fact, that is what it means at least in my interpretation. So later he goes on in the same um, chapter, verse 37, and he says to those same Jews, if I'm not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you don't believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I'm in the Father. Then later in John 14, 12, we see this. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. Put all that together, which I think we have to do, what you've got is Jesus saying, you can know me by my works. You can know that I am God and God is me by my works. And then he goes on to say, and you will do those same works, and even greater works than those will you do. There's no, there's no doubting what he's saying here. He's saying, you also have this same power that I have. And that is how I see Jesus. And again, this is everybody gets to have their own interpretation here. So mine is not the, the one and only truth. But if you consider this in a, in a paradigm of wholeness, then we have to say that if God said you are God's and also said that we, that 
we could know we, that by our works, and that also that we would do those same works and even greater works, we have to consider whether or not he was actually telling the truth when he said we were God. And we're going to talk some more about this after the break. This is Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. I'll talk to you again in a moment. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh, There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On the web at skillsusa.org. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Hi, and welcome back. We've been talking about authenticity as the I am nature. I am that I am, the beingness that once was uh, 
told to Moses as a definition of God. So what we've been saying here in the last segment was that one of the things that Jesus said was that we were gods and that we had the same power and even greater power than he had. And the reason we had that power was because he was going to the Father. What that means was he was going, he was making his transition to going to die. And so what we understand is that if that is true, if it's true that we're really gods, then what's wrong here? Why aren't we doing that? Well, we're not doing that because we don't believe that. We've hypnotized ourselves into a state of, of a trance state of duality in which we believe we are separate from God and that we must earn the right to be close to God. And if we, in some cases, don't do all the right things, we're either going to experience all the negative karma or we're going to go to hell forever or we're, we're going to experience God punishing us in some kind of way if we didn't do what we were supposed to do to earn the right to be back close to God. And so that's the literal translation of, of, of how we see ourselves, how we sort of philosophize about our lives. Truth is more, is difficult to find because we have to go inside ourselves to find a beingness, a sense of ourselves that is grounded, sure, and alive. And in order to do that, we have, to, we have to pay attention, listen, start listening to the internal as well as the external. That's hard for us to do because we've been taught not to listen to ourselves. As a matter of fact, we've been taught that the journey to the authentic self is not only impossible and ridiculous, but it is, it is arcane and only the far distant mystics and ascetics of the world would ever even come close to finding something called an authentic self. That's not true. The truth is, it's inside all of us all the time. We just don't pay attention. So what we're talking about now is the power that is us. Now we're getting to the real issue. Jesus came, I believe, to teach us that we are all gods. He did not come to teach us that he himself was the one and only Son of God. He came to help us all begin to break the hypnotic spell cast on us all at the metaphor, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. What does this mean? Well, first it means that our literalization of the text of the Bible have robbed, of, robbed it of its basic meaning. It also means that we are all particulate of God. When I was about 10 years old, my, sister came home from a, uh, my older sister came home from a church service, and she said that she heard that maybe we were all just molecules on the broomstick of God. Of course, she laughed and thought that was funny, but in my 10-year-old imagination, I just played with that for a long time, and I've remembered it ever since. She's, of course, forgotten that she ever said it, but I remembered it ever since, and it, it had a very special meaning for me because I really pondered that, and I thought, well, what does that mean? Of course, first it means there must be some kind of cleaning up going on because there's a broomstick there, but, or a broom there, but, but also it, it means that there is some kind of oneness. If I am a molecule in the body of God, so to speak, and we can only, so to speak, because we can't really define it other than that, then that means that I'm just part of the essential beingness that is. And as that, I might put on an identity so that I can experience something else. But really, I'm still that particulate of God. And so I have the, all the powers that that universal essence has, and I can use them to heal myself, to raise myself from the dead. Well, you know, Jesus said he could raise, but we would raise, we would do greater works than he did. And um, 
And what is greater than raising someone from the dead, but not dying? So I kind of believe that maybe one day there's going to come a time when we don't die anymore. Well, that's a stretch for us to imagine because we all say it. I've said it a hundred times, at least in this past year, that we all die. We all die. Maybe one day we won't all die. So that's a part of what we're talking about, to reconsider, reconceptualize uh, our sense of what that is. What is my spiritual identity? What is that for me? What is real for me, inside of me? Who is God to me? That's what we're talking about. It, it doesn't have to be for you the same as it is for me. The reason I'm talking about it today is because maybe there's some new ways to conceptualize it. Maybe there's some, some other possibilities, and maybe these possibilities are really far out for you and far-fetched, but that's okay. If they are, then they at least give you something to bounce off of so you can find out who you really are in terms of your relationship with God. It's so difficult to wrap our minds around the, the concept that we're one with God because for, for, for three different reasons. First, because we've been taught differently. Our religions teach us differently. Our schools teach us differently. Our institutions teach us differently. Our TV programs teach us differently. We have created a world in which duality, separation from God, is uh, our, our seeming reality. It is what we've created. We've created this reality, and we believe it. And the second reason it's difficult for us to wrap our minds around it is because we think of God and man in terms of good and evil. Like I said, the duality trans state. The third reason is because our limited view of ourselves and our world is so familiar that, that to consider this other option feels like a mind warp. We have familiarized ourselves so much with the world as it is. The world as it is that's full of murder, and suffering, and starvation, and sickness, and death, and a little bit of hope, and a little bit of promise, and more suffering. And, you know, it makes you wonder why we ever come here in the first place if, if there's this so many terrible things. And yet there is this sense of us, this essential thing inside of us that says, live, be alive, be joyful, find hope, find life, find love, live your life fully. That thing is talking to us. That thing is the essence. It is the beingness that is us. So if we say, I'm going to start listening to that voice and doing what it suggests, then perhaps we might become more aware of who we are in relationship to some kind of higher power that today I'm calling God. You can call it anything you want. I want you to try to imagine for just a minute that you are one with God. Try to imagine that deep inside of you is a living, breathing, guiding force that not only keeps you alive, but also has all manner of powers that you have not even previously conceived, much less utilized. I want you to sit with that for a minute and just try to imagine what that would be like to be particulate of God, to be filled with the same kind of power that the Christ as we know him as Jesus, whether he was a metaphor or a real living person, doesn't matter. You know of him as, as a being who had all these powers to heal people, to make the blind see, to raise people from the dead, to speak the truth, and to, and to raise himself up from the dead. So what would that be like? What would that be like? What would your life be like if that were true? You sit with that and just try to imagine that. Part of you is going to be going, oh, this is ridiculous. This is stupid and hokey, and I'm just not doing this. Another part of you is going, 
That would be really cool. So, you know, playing with that thought is what we're talking about today. We're playing with the thought that maybe this is true. Maybe it's true that we aren't separate from God, that we aren't even separate from each other, that I can feel you and you can feel me in a core essential way that unites us, that what John said about ask not for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee, is actually true, that we do understand what's going on with other people, that we can sense and feel. One of the explanations or sort of evidences that I have for that are all of the dreams that people had before 9-11. There's been some research done on that. You can look it up online. It has to do with many um, precognitions that people had of 9-11 before it ever happened. And that kind of says we're all experiencing the same thing. We all are connected at some kind of deep core level. But there's other evidences, and the evidences can be found in what we, uh, the Christian Bible calls the fruits of the Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit, and those are two different things. And whether you think of it in terms of the Bible or whether you think of it in terms of um, affective, what we call in the mental health world, affective experiences, it still has the same impact. So the fruits of the Spirit would be things like joy, peace, love, compassion. You know, when you are feeling compassion for someone and that compassion has a drive that compels you to act, that is authentic. That is real. And you know the difference. You know the difference between when you're giving to somebody because you really want to and when you're giving to someone because you think you should. That is the difference I'm talking about. It's an internal thing that you can feel. You want to give a birthday gift to your beloved, then you go out to the store and you're all excited and you're trying to pick out the very best thing that you can pick out and you're, you're going to think about it and, you know, ponder on it and try to come up with the money for it and you're going to get it and then you're going to be so excited that one day they're going to open that present and they're going to see it and they're just going to love it and you're going to be loving how much they love it. That is real. On the other hand, you can go out and buy a birthday present for somebody and say, let me see what i got to get here. Let me go get this thing. Let me do this fast because I want to get this over with. I don't really have time for this. Let's do it. Go buy a gift and you get it and you, they open the present and you go, huh, yeah, that was nice. Hope you enjoy it. Have a good day. That is not real. That's what I'm talking about. These fruits of the Spirit, these are the same things that we referenced three weeks ago when we said there is an internal reference we can look inside ourselves to find evidence there's a real person in there and it can lead us to doing real things. Part of that will be evidentiary. It will be based upon how we feel about what we're doing, how we are with, how we are being with what we, our behavior is, how we're being with our thoughts and emotions. We're going to talk some more about this after the break. This is Andrea Matthews with Authentic Living. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. 
With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. It was a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, <laughs> she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, <laughs> no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at PornLearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Hi, we're back with Authentic Living, sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. We've been talking today about the I am that I am that is in all of us. We are talking about the beingness, the essential essence, and we've defined the authentic self as that I am nature. We've defined duality, we've defined ego, and we've defined the body, and we've looked into several scripture verses from the Bible that indicate that, in fact, yes, we are gods. We do have the power to... To really be true to that essential essence, that, that uh, elemental core of who we are. And we said in the last section that uh, one of the ways that we could find evidence of our essential ev- essence as the I am nature is through the fruits of the Spirit, what's called in the Bible the fruits of the Spirit, um, which are, as we said, things like joy, peace, love, and compassion. Um, but we also have the gifts of the Spirit, and these include things like the deeds that Jesus did, 
and healing others and raising people from the dead. You know, if it's really true that we have these gifts, they can come in all kinds of forms. Here's what we're not saying, what I'm not saying here today. I'm not saying that if you have the ability to, say, for example, be a doctor and that the way you help to heal people is through allopathic care, that you're not using your gift. That isn't true. Your gift is your gift. and It's what you have to offer. Uh, there is no one way to say, this is how it ought to be. We can't say, well, I'm not going to any more doctors because I'm just going to believe that I have the power to heal myself. Well, that takes away the oneness. That takes away the power to be able to say, I'm one with all people, including the allopathic care physician. Um, so we, we don't want to say that these gifts mean that it has to all be some kind of um, special power like the ability to heal someone by touching them or raise someone from the dead by calling them forth as Jesus called Lazarus forth. Our gifts are many. Our deeds are many. But one of the main things we're going to understand is if, if my deed, if my doing behavior is separate from my emotions about my doing behavior, then I'm not living authentically. I'm living incongruently. I'm living in a way that says I'm split off. So if I do things that don't make me feel happy, good, fulfilled, all of that, then what I'm doing is living a split life. I'm living in that duality trance state. But if I'm living awakened, then I'm living a, as a wholeness. All of my parts are communicating with all the other parts. My behavior communicates with my thoughts, and my thoughts communicate with my emotions. My emotions communicate with my body, and all of them are communicating with each other constant conversation. And then I'm also communicating with the world, and the world is communicating with me, the people in the world, plants, the animals, all of, everything is communicating with everything else all at the same Because that is what oneness is all about. And this awakening, this sense that I'm awake, I'm, I'm alive now, is what this new uh, metaphysical, new age movement, so to speak, is all about. It's about that awakening. And there will come a time, my belief, when we will all awaken. That, I think, is what we call the second coming. That is what the, the revelation of John in the Bible speaks to, and there are many, many interpretations that are very, very scary about that book. I don't believe that book is scary at all. I believe it's telling us of our hope. I believe it's telling us that there will come a time when, through the use of critical mass, we will all be invaded, so to speak, by our authenticity. In other words, when one of us becomes awake and another and another and another and another and another, it builds momentum because we are all one. We are all connected. So that momentum carries it to another person and another and another and another. We all begin to awake slowly over time. Some of us will awake slowly. Some of us will live it out now. Some of us will awaken suddenly because we haven't awakened before. There will come a time when critical mass will be the operative uh, factor in our lives. It will be the thing that says, okay, it's time to wake up now. The alarm clock is ringing. Wake up. And that will be when what we call the second coming. Why is it called a second coming? Because we came here once in full awareness of who we were, and we decided to have another experience, an awareness, an experience that made us lose our awareness of who we really are and identify with who we are not. Identify with a mask and costume 
And that experience will come to an end one day. We will all again know who we really are. That's what I believe. You don't have to agree with me. The point here that's most important, if you forget everything else I've said today, if everything else I've said today makes no sense to you, if you remember this one thing, you can't have a real relationship with a higher power unless you are real. You can't have a real relationship with a higher power unless you are real. That's what this is all about. All these things that I've said today may be too fantastic to even consider, but I'm encouraging you to consider it, not because I'm right and you're wrong, but because it's a plausible idea worthy of consideration. How else will we find an authentic spirituality if not through considering what is true and what is false, what rings true within us, what just doesn't seem to fit? I'm not going to find truth by going through all the intellectual books out there and trying to find some truth, although I may read all those books and it may add to my journey. I won't find truth by asking my pastor what is true. I won't find truth by asking my rabbi, my guru. I won't find truth in someone else's mouth. I will only find it when it resonates in me. You may tell me a truth, but unless it resonates in me, it's not my truth. If everything I'm saying today doesn't resonate with you, don't use it. It isn't yours. What, what will be yours is what you find within you. There is an essential beingness inside of you. It is whole. It has never been wounded. It can't get sick. It can't die. It's real, and it's inside you. And if you can locate it, if you can be with it, if you can become it, then you're living whole. See, for me, my way of looking at God, the divine as I call it, it makes no sense to me that the divine would put us all here as we've explained it to ourselves. Somebody once upon a time put us here. If God put us all here on this planet out of his own creative urge and then basically said, either get it right or suffer eternally, that makes no sense to me. That God doesn't fit into my understanding of love and compassion doesn't make sense to me. That a loving parental figure would say, okay, you're here now, but you have to do it exactly like I say do it or you're going to suffer eternal damnation. I can love better than that. I would hope that a higher being would be able to love better than that, too. It doesn't even make sense to me that God put us here at all. I don't have to understand that. I don't have to know why I'm here. I have some ideas, and I've told them to you today, but I don't really have to know why. I just need to be here. That's what this authenticity is all about. So we are here. But we have to ask, why would a God who is, who is, who is already all, need to make puny humans. Why would that happen? Why would a God who already is everything need to make Well, I don't have the answer to that, but if I think about it in terms of what makes sense and what resonates inside me, what does make sense is to consider that God is indeed all and we are a part of that all that God is. It doesn't make sense that God would tease humans with the possibility that they could rebel against him and punish them for doing so. But it does make sense in the grand experience of life that conceive himself as separate from God and hypnotize himself into identifying with that separation and indeed build a whole world out of it. That's what we've done. But the bottom line is, it really doesn't matter what makes sense to me and what doesn't. It matters what makes sense to you. So I'm encouraging you to take your spiritual journey. Find your truest self. This is Andrea Matthews with Authentic Living. And 
I will be back again next week with Carol Bowman, who will be talking about, to us about past life and authenticity. I'll talk to you again then. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.